Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It is Monday, the 29th of Kislev in the year 5784 and the 11th of December 2023. This is the fifth night of Hanukkah. I just finished a short while ago lighting the fifth candle. There are a couple of aspects of Hanukkah that I find um, particularly illuminating, to use a bit of a pun. One is that in the northern hemisphere, uh, the days are generally short and the nights are long and uh, yet in the middle of this relatively dark time of year one kindles a light or actually one kindles an ascending number of lights one on the first day one on the second day one on the third etc and one additional ascending numbers And this, to me, symbolizes the idea that we do not surrender to darkness. We light it up. And while while we're at it, there's not only light, there's also heat. We are blessed as a species with the ability to build refuge in uh, climates that might otherwise be rather daunting to us. And uh, we're able, for instance, as I am now, to sit in a uh, lit room and uh, study in the middle of the night. We're not dependent uh, completely on uh, sunlight. It's a beautiful thing. There's also the aspect of, in, in Hanukkah at least, of rededication that our temple in Jerusalem, the Beit HaMikdash, had been taken out of service. It's, uh, the temple itself was defiled with um, idols, with non-kosher sacrifices that were done against biblical law, and yet, against all odds, the Holiness of the temple was reclaimed, it was rededicated, and um, sacrificial services were resumed. And on a personal level, I can take this as an invitation to all of us to um, rededicate ourselves. It's a human thing to be caught up in the hustle and bustle of life 
and to whatever temptations, passions, um, emotions there are, and to drift off course. And uh, Hanukkah is a reminder to uh, refocus ourselves and to uh, rededicate ourselves. This is a theme that uh, can and should light up our entire year. Now the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah menorah that we light in our homes, has eight branches, one candle lit for each day of Hanukkah. The one in the temple had uh, seven branches. I have read that the seven branches of the menorah are compared to the eyes, which is two, ears, which is two, coming up with four, two nostrils, brings it up to six, and the mouth is, is seven. And this is, uh, you know, um, our sensory pathways that enable us to uh, interact with the world in a manner that hopefully as human beings we are able to transform it. Something that all of us are capable of doing. Prior to computers, one of the inventions which really transformed the world we lived in, I mean, I grew up in the 50s and 60s and 70s, was television. Um, a lot of people resisted uh, getting a television. Some uh, Orthodox Jews and Amish uh, still banish it from their homes. My brother had a teacher who referred to television as the idiot box. And the German slang term for a television is die Glotze, G-L-O-T-Z-E, and it literally means the stare, and it refers to um, uh, the way people sit in front of a television, almost uh, hypnotized by it, uh, silent, not communicating each other, and the uh, glow of the television screen reflected on them. I remember back in the 70s going through a village in northern Spain. Um, we take it for granted that in large areas like, say, New York or Boston or Pittsburgh or whatever, that we would that we have minimum three major networks, maybe educational television and a bunch of UHF channels. I remember walking through a village in northern Spain and there was one channel that served that entire area. And I remember as I walked through the streets as uh, evening gave way to night, that there was one voice that was echoing through the streets because it was a very popular movie and everyone was watching it at the same time. And uh, along with the flickering of television behind shades, you could hear that uh, single voice because there was no other channel. Undoubtedly in the United States, there is a... Uh, um, 
an effect that television has on um, collective language development. Certain accents are considered standard. I think it's called the Mid-Atlantic accent. Is one that's, I guess, popular with uh, um, television announcers, the people who read off the teleprompter. And unfortunately, it's drive. I, it seems that it's driving some really nice regional accents and dialects into uh, endangerment or out, outright extinction. Now, of course, we have an infinite number of channels, and along with Netflix and YouTube. Uh, there's there are plenty of places to go to watch whatever sort of uh, film films you want, watch whatever sort of television programs you want. One could go high or one could go low, you know, totally waste time or broaden one's horizons. For me, um, the opportunity that the Internet offers is not only a chance to speak out, uh, but also to uh, put up a cultural filter. I call it. I call this um, cultural secession. I like to watch uh, well-chosen documentaries. Um, I also watch like to watch uh, cartoons from the uh, former Soviet Union. They invested uh, a lot of uh, money and effort uh, into uh, producing classic, beautiful children's cartoons based on folk tales, um, based on very well-conceived characters that had uh, an uplifting effect upon the uh, viewers. There's a classic funny cartoon called Nupagodi, which is kind of like a Russian version of um, Tom and Jerry. And then there is also a beautiful Russian animator uh, does amazing folk tales, animated folk tales, called, uh, and his name is um, Yuri Norstein. The last name is spelled N-O-R-S-H-T-E-Y-N. Uh, if you run it through Google, they may correct, they may correct it, but you'll, you'll come up with something. And you, if you look for him with English titles, subtitles on YouTube, you will find him as well. If you're studying Russian, the, uh, uh, voice of narration in Norstein's, um, films is, uh, very uh, calm and soothing, and it's very clear diction. So if you are studying uh, the Russian language, uh, it's a great way to uh, take it at a slow pace. Another resource online is um, are sites which help people learn foreign languages. The two most prominent ones I can think of are Babbel and Duolingo. But thank God at a time when the uh, major uh, television networks seem to be in a stranglehold of political correctness, that we don't have to submit to that. 
the Epic Times, the Gateway Pundit, Dennis Prager and Prager U. There are a lot of places to go. And if knowledge is power and knowledge is freedom, then if we know how to frame our questions, if we know how to frame our searches, um, we can reach beyond some of the bias, the censorship, and reclaim for ourselves a measure of freedom. One of the most malignant ideologies of our day is, of course, Marxism. Historically, it uh, stressed armed struggle, class warfare. Marxism also mutates into uh, national liberation struggles. Feminism tries to turn every field of human endeavor into some sort of battleground. There is an Italian communist named Antonio Gramsci, G-R-A-M-S-C-I, who took Marxism in um, a rather troubling direction with the idea that by capturing popular entertainment, which is really a form of voluntary indoctrination, and capturing the educational systems, one could affect a long march through the institutions, so to speak, and um, basically turn out a generation of young Marxists who would then uh, transform society. This has led to a lot of toxic ideas becoming mainstream, such as uh, you are whatever gender you decide to be, something that rebels against the idea that in the vast majority of circumstances, every single cell of the human body is stamped with a chromosomal gender identification. Then there's the uh, noxious idea, almost like a Marxist version of original sin, that by virtue of one's birth, one can be innately guilty. Congenital white guilt. Um, the idea that if one is African American, that one should be confined to a uh, ghetto on the spectrum of public opinion. That certain opinions are black and others are not. And then, of, of course, there is the uh, mainstreaming and acceptance of uh, Jew hatred. I don't like the term anti-Semitic because there are other Semitic nationalities. The German term for anti-Semitism, the indigenous term, is Judenhass. I prefer Jew hatred to anti-Semitism as a dictionary term. Now, thank God, there has been a donor blowback where people are saying if universities are going to promote leftist insanity, that certain large donors and hopefully a lot of small donors will pull back their donations. And maybe this Gramscian Marxist uh, 
march through the institutions can be thwarted. My father of blessed memory um, had an attitude towards life that I thought was uh, very interesting. He believed that uh, meeting somebody of a markedly differing uh, opinion was an opportunity. I think he met an East German businessman. He thought that was a fantastic opportunity to uh, learn about life behind the Berlin Wall. Uh, early on, as uh, China was opening up, he uh, had some contacts there. And uh, he was uh, fascinated by Japan and by people whose outlooks and experiences were markedly different from his. It would be wonderful if universities could, and high schools and elementary schools, could start to cultivate this attitude again. Just a couple of examples of uh, how this can work, you know, uh, uh, cultivating a healthy curiosity about the other side's point of view. Alistair Cook wrote a history of America. Now this is a, uh, he's no longer living. Uh, he's been deceased for some time. Uh, he was an Englishman who came to the United States, visited every single state in the union and, um, viewed America with what I would call an intimate detachment. And in his history of America, he presented the British point of view of, you know, why the British weren't uh, so terrible. And my personal opinion is that when you can kind of revive the con controversies of an era so that each side has a coherent and reasonable voice, etc., that that makes history come alive. There are even, um, you have in America, you have the Daughters of the American Revolution. You also have organizations, I think mostly in Canada, of people who are proudly descended from British loyalists. One experience I had um, when I was in Israel, the uh, I guess about a year and a half ago, was visiting the uh, very tiny Samaritan Israelite community on uh, Mount Gerizim. These are people who have their own version of the five books of Moses plus the book of Yehoshua. Uh, they consider Mount Gerizim rather than Jerusalem to be their holy site. For a short time, it was nice meeting people uh in flesh and blood, for whom uh, history and the historical narrative took a different direction than um, than the Jewish one. So yeah, the uh, the boundaries of uh, curiosity, the desire to set up uh, limitations and secede from the popular culture, are endless. Of course, uh, we do have the danger that 
uh, our phones can spy on us. I understand, for instance, that uh, when I get an email in my Gmail box, it is nowhere near as private as I would like it to be. When YouTube makes friendly suggestions as to uh, songs that I should listen to and stuff like that, it does mean they're collecting information on me. Although my musical tastes are so wide and far-flung that sometimes I think that even YouTube and their search algorithms have a hard time sizing me up, although they do um, tend to bombard me with more geriatric medical ads than I would like. So, in conclusion, I'd like to say that uh, in this dark season of the year, and uh, uh, in many ways a very dark time in the uh, in current events in the world, particularly uh, in uh, Israel with its neighbors, uh, there's a lot of need for light. We need to light up the world and we need to uh, filter out some of its uh, toxic uh, influences. Uh, I've shared a few ideas I have of how I have gone about doing this. And uh, I, wish you, I wish you all blessings and success in uh, creating an expanding domain of peace and light in the world in our troubled times. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Dot com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous, and closely resembles adios in Spanish. <laughs>